Welcome everyone to another dynamic women entrepreneurs podcast slash video to our YouTube video podcast here on for the women entrepreneurs extraordinaire. I am Julie at Brain Lady Anderson. And I am here to with another wonderful dynamic woman entrepreneur and she is special because she's one of these ones that is really empowering the younger generation to come up and we've had some wonderful guests on late lately some wonderful young entrepreneurs young powerful women growing up and and developing leadership and that is what we're going to be talking about today is leadership women in leadership and how to develop that and i am very excited to have samantha louise with me today welcome to the women entrepreneur show samantha Thank you. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be a really fun conversation. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. But before we get started, let me just kind of read your professional bio so people get a little bit of a picture of who you are and what you do. Samantha Louise is a leadership cultivator, guiding girls and young women to become natural born leaders. She is an author, a Minnesota teacher of the year, and holds a master's degree in educational leadership. Her approach to leadership and learning offers hands-on experience. We know we love this as a brain lady. We love the hands. Get your hands in there to develop selfhood and self-leadership, sisterhood for healthy relationships, and leaderhood to inspire change in the world around us. Every workshop, retreat, and lesson offered by Samantha incorporates whole person well-being, cultural mind-body science, and interfaith spiritual practices. Samantha has been featured on such popular podcasts as She's Invincible, Influential Woman, and The Rhonda Grant Show, and now she can add women entrepreneurs to it, (laughs) to discuss demasculinizing women, healing through vulnerable justice, and new perspectives on leadership. From a farm in rural America, Samantha is a small town girl with a worldwide vision to transform leadership development and personal empowerment for the next generation of female leaders from every corner of the globe. Once again, Samantha Louise, thank you so much for being on the Women Entrepreneurs Show. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Our pleasure, our pleasure. Before we get into the, you know, into really what you're doing, kind of give us a little bit of a background on what led you. I mean, you're, you've gone from being a teacher, right, into really this empowering of young women. So what what kind of led you to want to be a teacher and then made that transition for you into the business that you now run? Yes, I, I grew up on a farm in Minnesota and coming from a really small rural community, I saw women in leadership around me, which is not normal. It's not mm-hmm. the typical scene, especially in a rural community, but I had a, a strong female pastor I had a female vet. My mom was a superintendent and principal both. She played both roles at a public school. And um, just being in that environment, I saw women in in these really powerful positions growing up. And when I went to college, I started to see that that wasn't normal. I started to Mm -hmm. learn from other people. They didn't have those role models growing up. And um, I never wanted to be an educator because that's like in my family, you are either in agriculture or you are in education. (laughs) And I wanted to do something different. But lo and behold, I found myself in education, doing educational reform and educational advocacy work. Mm. And while I was teaching, I was running a lot of different 
grant programs and pilot projects looking at how to transform a school system, right, from policy all the way into classrooms, onto the buses, into the cafeteria, outside wow. at, reso <laughs> at recess. <laughs> and I started, I started to see this theme of leadership saying they wanted change. Uh, people saying like these programs are so cool, but somehow when it came down to leaders changing themselves, the way that they showed up, the way that they inspired instead of managed and manipulated people, ah. all of a sudden funding would go away or a program would get cut short. And I got confused by that. So I went from education into public health and healthcare. Oh. Same thing same experiences same mm -hmm. themes and i got to a point where i just said enough if i i kept i kept having this disillusioning experience with leadership so i figured if i could go do it from an external standpoint if i could do systems change work yeah uh, for me all of a sudden that meant i had to help other women become equipped to do systems change and more importantly culture change and with yeah. that comes all of this healing and empowerment from the journey of becoming a leader. Right. Right. And I love that um, you're working with the the younger generation to help in this. And, and I like that the topic to how to embody womanhood and demasculinize women. Like women do not need to become masculine or embrace their masculine side. Like they, yes. They've got I uh, one of the topics I talk on as a brain lady is unlocking the power of the female brain. Like we have our own gifts as women in our brain. Not that men don't. Yeah. Just just that you know why try to be something you're not? Just embrace what you are and what you've got naturally gifted to you. So <laughs> now in your in wanting to help develop these leaders, what does it really take to be, you use the term natural born leader. So what is it, what does it take to do that? Or how would you define that? The biggest thing that I continue to find in working with girls and women is the ability to hear that, that still quiet, consistent voice mm -hmm. inside of us, the intuition, right? So for girls and women to come back to their intuition, because it's not the voice that screams in your head, it's the voice inside of your whole being that's whispering to you, always telling you which direction to go or which direction not to go. So number one is hearing that, and number two is doing it. <laughs> it's easy to hear it and then stuff it back down and right. go with what the cultural rules or the societal expectations are telling us to do. Ooh, yeah. So to hear the voice and then have enough courage to step up, breathe, compose yourself, and then go do it. Right. So stepping into action and, and moving through those phases of vision, what that voice is giving us inside and what we're seeing in our head because of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hard part, right? Because yeah. that's a, and you hit the nail on the head when you said cultural, family, society, what mm -hmm. their expectations are. And if what your vision is does not match that, then it's hard to oftentimes hard to stop yourself or to push yourself through those barriers mm -hmm. that pop up. Absolutely. Which means that you have to develop a, a good self-esteem. How do you do that? How do you help <laughs> these young women to to do that and step into their power and, and develop a self-esteem that's going to 
carry them through those naysay, past those naysayers or through mm -hmm. those downtimes? This is an amazing question that I find very fascinating because when I was a teacher, I was a health educator. Mm -hmm. And the way that we're trained to teach self-esteem and confidence as health educators <laughs> is not at all what I've learned in the last few years with other mentors and coaches. And specifically, I, I love to use the model from biocognitive science where self-esteem is broken into three pillars okay. and they have to be developed or cultivated in, the, in a certain order to kind of catalyze the movement, the courage to go do in the world. And the first one starts with valuation. So it's all about how worthy do you think you are? How valuable are you in the world? And the valuation of yourself can only be increased by committing to self-care. Mm -hmm. So however much self-love and self-care you're willing to, to commit to in action every day, that will increase or decrease. It will determine the level of self-valuation. Mm -hmm. From valuation, we move to competence. So what are the skills, the knowledge, the intelligence, the wisdom that you have in order to get something done. And a lot of times, I, especially with women, I find that competence, self-esteem is the key pillar that we work on. Uh -huh. Valuation is barely there. And then the third pillar of affiliation, who are the people we know, which mm -hmm. is another one that's easy to work on the wrong way, <laughs> where mm -hmm. we're getting to know lots of people, but they aren't always the right quality people. Right. That can help us, that can empower us, and that will be there for us. Yeah. 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 That's so. that's great. And they're they're so closely connected, yes. especially the first two. Right. You're yeah. if, if the self-esteem, the self-worth. If you don't have that, mm -hmm. right, then it affects the others. So what gaps then um do you need to be bridged in in as you, when you're younger in the girlhood stage, right? Or the <laughs> the youth stage to prevent the burnout or the identity crisis or fear when you reach being a woman. So this is, and this is so, such a critical time in brain development, right? Going from through puberty and then getting into that point where you become a strong, confident woman. What are some of those bridges that you see as you worked with, with young girls and with young women, how to, what are those things that need to be bridged? Yeah, I think that it starts before girls are even born. It doesn't matter if you know you're going to have a boy or a girl, but how are you talking to yourself and therefore talking to the baby inside of you? <laughs> Do you sing to the baby? Do you talk to the baby like a baby or like an adult? Not yeah. like an adult that's like, right. you know, so sophisticated, but... right. Letting the brain start to develop, letting the, the essence and the spirit of the child start to develop in a sophisticated and evolved way that lets it know there's a there's a path to grow. There's something bigger coming and starts to trigger the, the firing system, the growing system inside of us. And I think after birth, it's the same thing. As an adult, how aware am I of what I say around this child? What's the tone of voice I use in speaking to this child? <laughs> Uh, what's my my emotional state? Am I regulated or do I get triggered easily and kind of go on rampages dysregulated, whether it's like hot headedness or anxiety, whatever it is, they pick up on all of that. So, oh, yeah. Right. So I think it's a lot about that emotional elegance and um, just the state of showing up and becoming aware 
asking questions that are open-ended to explore what's going on inside instead of imposing. And I think it's a tricky thing because we want to teach and model values and belief systems that are healthy mm-hmm. and that are going to help somebody thrive. But at the same time, how are we asking questions that allow that child to, to begin identifying maybe one of those values isn't something they want to hold on to for life and that's okay. Yeah. Maybe this belief system isn't mine and that's okay. And allowing them to develop their own. It's interesting because we just did um, an interview for the brain lady speaks uh, my other podcast. And we were talking about that, that, that programming that goes into the brain and happens in the brain prior to eight years old, right? That, that time from conception um, all the way up that that we don't even oftentimes remember yeah. that that time period when it's locked down there into the deeper wirings in our brain. And we as parents have the ability to do to create such positive programming by doing things like what you said, your tonality, your interaction with your kids. Are you allowing them to explore the possibilities as opposed to. Mm-hmm this is the way you have to do things, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I think there's also um, the other really valuable aspect of the whole, the whole idea of limiting the boxes, the limits is even if we don't have access to, to show somebody the world physically, right. We can bring in books, we can bring in songs and storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it's so, so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, um, financial situations, environmental or cultural contexts shouldn't be a limiting factor in how we open up ourselves and our children to learn about a world beyond the -hmm. physical that when we're little, that physical world that seems like the only world. Yeah. And you're coming from a place with your experience, you're coming, obviously, growing up in a farm town in Minnesota, you know, a smaller area, rural area of the country, you know, you're coming from a place of personal experience where Mm -hmm. you were like, you had to expand. And that's something beautiful that teachers do for the kids, right? But parents Mm -hmm. can have such a huge impact to be able to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really creativity, right? Because we can also dream the worlds that we'd like to see and experience someday too. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. I'll open up the creative pathways because if you mm-hmm. nurture them at a young age, they can expand and just grow into something so amazing and beautiful in the future. Now you talk about something called vulnerable justice. What is that? Explain that to us. Yeah, I I think when I first started to do advocacy work in education, I started to see the fight that takes place between the left and the right politically, right? Or this thought, this way of thinking and this way of thinking and, and how divides are created by that fighting. And ultimately, justice doesn't happen because we just swing back and forth from the left mm-hmm. to the right. So I started to learn more and more about storytelling and I thought it was so cool. And I love more like analytical, what's the science behind storytelling. So learning about being vulnerable enough to tell a story, like you don't have to give all the skeletons in your closet. You don't have to purge all of your secrets and mistakes you've ever made. But I I continue to find leaders that are willing to talk a little bit about 
the difficult moments in their life um, and ask, again, follow up with questions for other people about how that relates and resonates as that bridge building or filling of the gaps so that we don't go from left to right, we can actually come together, find complicity, what are the values and beliefs that we all can agree on, <laughs> and then mm -hmm. build something from there. Right, find yeah. the point of uh, a common ground mm -hmm. that that growth can go from. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good, very good. So how do we begin to, because everyone, every parent, we talked about how parents can do it with their with their children, right with how they how they help to nurture that at a very young age but how do we be, begin to inspire this on a broader scope as leaders mm -hmm. so how can all of us you know if we don't have children or if our children are grown you know they're like me they're grown they're all in their 30s out of the house how do we how can we you know begin to develop this on a broader scope and whatever position you're in. And I often tell people, even if they don't think they're a leader, they probably they are, are leading something, <laughs> right? They have influence yep. over something. So you're, you're a leader. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And we so, never know who's watching us, right? That's the yes. other thing. Mm -hmm. We, I yeah. totally agree. We're, we are always leading another person, some other human being in a way that we have no idea. So I believe it all starts with the inner leadership, mm -hmm. right? If, if you're not leading from the moment you wake up in the morning, that very first decision and action you choose to make all the way until the time you go to bed and even the conditions that you create for sleep and rest, 24-7, how are you leading your own personal life? Mm -hmm. And from a holistic standpoint, so that when you do step into leadership, is it with your family? Is it with the community? Is it in a professional organizational setting? Mm -hmm. You can be the same person because we know that when the culture, when the cultural divide between personal culture and organizational culture hits us, that's right. where we get sick as leaders, right? Yeah. We start to have actual physical, physiological symptoms long term because the systems that we're living in, the ecosystems don't work well together. Yeah. So starting with that inner self-leadership, how do you take that into an organization and reframe, rewrite, <laughs> redesign if you're in a system that is not healthy for humans to be inside of? Mm -hmm. That's your first opportunity, right? If it's If it's not conducive to thriving, then that's the first opportunity to inspire change from every level not just a top-down mandate, but right. getting getting people involved, learning how they experience and sense and perceive their work environment. Yeah, that's you know, that's important. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the one of the ways it kind of breaking the the old view of leadership in organizations that top down. Because yes. it really, in order to be the best leader, I and I I have programs where I work, I do leadership development for corporations and it's it's very much having your finger on the pulse of those individuals who are on the front line, you know, and really yeah. being connected to them and know how they feel about how you're leading mm -hmm. or what the leadership paradigm is in the, in the organization itself. And, you know, yeah. really staying that open communication instead of just going in and punching your time clock. 
Right. <laughs> right. And and being like as a leader, being the one that has some of those tough conversations, because it's it's um I'm sure all of us have experienced moments where a leader asks what's going on. Well, if we're lucky enough to have someone right. <laughs> supporting right. us that asks those questions. But at the end of the day, I've been in boardrooms where leadership gets feedback and they say, well, that's not how I see it. So it can't be that way. Right? right. Even though hundreds of other people are seeing right. it a different way, two people that are in charge say, no, that's not how we are. So it's not that way. So let's move on. Let's mm -hmm. pretend there's nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so. that's where that shift needs to take place. Right. And training the younger leaders as yes. they come up to keep that open mind. And I always tell people, give me feedback. Right. Give us feedback. It's it's all feedback, even if it feels like it's negative or it's coming from a negative place, mm -hmm. you're still going to be, it's going to help you be aware of things that need to be changed. Mm -hmm. And you may not have the capability to change it, but being aware that there's a necessity there because this person is hurting or this, this portion of the company isn't performing well because this is the situation. Um, it Accepting that and being open for that and listening and then brainstorming on how you can how you can make the change and training the younger generation to be more open like that is is a wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah. What's your what's your biggest piece of advice? So if you have a leader, if if there's somebody listening, an entrepreneur obviously, and every entrepreneur in one way or another is a leader within their own sphere, right? If they're not already some kind of coach or consultant what is the one thing that that you would like to see all of us do that would help to get those from the girlhood to mm -hmm. to the leader the leader woman like what would what influence can we have each of us individually to do that i think as women there's a huge role in understanding the way that we show up as our authentic self or are we showing up as the more masculinized and I don't mean masculine based on our physical shape right? or right. It's all about right. how have these traditional leadership training models designed by men for men yeah. <laughs> turned us against our inherent nature. Like you said at the very beginning of our conversation. So it's really yeah. to doing that inner work to see how, how do I show up as a role model? And when I have the opportunity to talk to young girls or young women that are emerging into leadership or who want to lead, am I telling them how they should be? Or am I asking the questions to help facilitate their own development and, and um, their own conclusions about what it means to be a leader? Mm -hmm. So am I imposing or am I actually creating an environment and a, and a space for them to ignite? For all like of their that. leadership to kind of right like fireworks yeah. is the visual yeah. i'm getting yeah, yeah. that's beautiful so, thank that's you. wonderful so for the listeners uh you have a womanhood and leadership a monthly group that you that you have for women emerging women leaders and you tell us a little bit tell the leaders or that leaders <laughs> see we're, i'm just i'm just already putting it out there that they are leaders um, that's right <laughs> tell our listeners how they can connect with you on that what a little bit about what that's about 
Yeah, so the, the program is really focused on women exploring self-development. We do storytelling, we do leadership, culture change, strategy kinds of stuff. And we're, we're starting to embed much more resilience capacity building. Mm -hmm. So it's more like leadership, longevity and leadership is what it's morphing into. What does it take to do self-change and culture change for longevity? Yeah. Um, and the best way to connect is to go to my website or Instagram is where I love to meet people. <laughs> um, all of it is samanthalouise.co. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And we're going to give you have the um, link there for anyone who's listening or watching. You can all obviously we've got all the connection, all the ways to stay connected, but don't panic and having to write them down because they will be in the show notes. And if you're listening in a podcast, you can go to the show page for this particular sh interview and all of the links will be there for you to be able to stay and get directly in contact with Samantha Louise and be able to continue your relationship or your connection with her. And I love that. We'll have to reach out and connect on, on Instagram. I'm yes. trying to do more on there too. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so very much for being on the Women Entrepreneurs Podcast today, Samantha. I really appreciate you and your message and the, the work that you're doing. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely. My pleasure. All right. So if you are, at, be sure to stay connected with Samantha Louise and what she's doing. If you want to take part in her program, you'll be able to do that by just following the links and staying. And if you just want to stay connected and see what she's doing, then of course, um, follow her on online. So that will be a great way for you to stay connected. And if, for those of you who would like to do more with Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire, check out our website, womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. It is all plural, women entrepreneurs with an S. Check that out. We are developing a one-stop shop for women wisdom and success. And you can be, a, if, if you are a female entrepreneur and you want your presence on that website, it's very inexpensive to have a full page bio and links to cross link and create that SEO that is just great for people to find you online. If you like this program, please give a thumbs up. Please give a share. Write us a little quick review and we will all we will just love that to spread the word to empower women in leadership or in women who are entrepreneurs to help us do that with our guests. As well as if you would like to be a guest on the Women Entrepreneurs Show or you have any questions about women entrepreneurs, please shoot our guest liaison, our group liaison, an email. Her name is Kelly Cooper, as K E L L I, at womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. You can also follow us on social media. We have a growing Instagram account, as well as a group on Facebook, Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire, and we.extraordinaire on um, Instagram. All right. So thank you very much once again to our guest, Samantha, for being on the program. And for everyone else, I want you to just take a nice deep breath, roll your shoulders, and just simply enjoy every moment. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.